we say that you're holy and righteous and true. My heart is stirred by a beautiful song. I say, I have composed this special song for the king. My tongue is as skilled as a stylist of an experienced scribe. You are the most handsome of all men. You speak in an impressive and fitting manner. For this reason, God grants you continual blessings. Strap your sword to your thigh, O warrior. Appear in majestic splendor. Appear in your majesty and be victorious. Ride forth for the sake of what is right. On behalf of justice. Say that your right hand will accomplish mighty acts in this nation. Your arrows are sharp. They penetrate the heart of your enemies. Nations will fall at your feet. Your throne, O God, is permanent. The scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of justice. You love justice and you hate evil. For this reason, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy. Lord, you've been elevated above all your companions. All your garments are perfumed with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From your luxurious palaces comes the music of the stringed instruments that make you happy. Princesses are among your honored guests, and the bride stands at your right hand wearing jewelry made with gold from Ophir. Listen, old princess. Observe and pay attention. Forget your homeland and your family. Then the king will be attracted to your beauty. After all, he is your master. Submit to him. Rich people from Tyre will seek your favor by bringing you a gift. The princess looks absolutely magnificent. She's decked out in pearls and clothed in the brocade trimmed with gold. An embroidered robe, she's escorted to the king. Her attendants, the maidens of her honor, who follow her, are led before you. They are bubbling with joy as they walk in procession and enter your royal palace. Your sons, they carry the dynasty of your ancestors. You will make them princes throughout the land, and I will proclaim your greatness through the coming years. For we say this nation will praise you. We say this morning that we praise you. That we lift you up and we glorify your name and we say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Congregation, we say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. We bless your name, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Out of the cave I was hiding in And you called me out by my name You called me out of the chains 
I was bound in And you called me out of my shame I once was lost, but now I'm found I once was blind, but now I see I once was dark and black and stained But you clothed me called us by name and you called me out of the cave that I was hiding in and you called me out by my name and you called me out of the chains that I was bound with and you called me out of my shame and I could waste my breath singing all my praise to him and I could waste my strength dancing all my praise to him I could waste my whole heart I'm pouring all my love on him And I will waste And I will waste All my oil out on him And I could waste my strength Dancing on my praise to him And I could waste my breath Shouting all my praise to Him And I could waste my heart I'm pouring all my oil on Him And I could waste And I could waste it all on Him of the slop that I was feeding on and you called me come out and taste come out and eat and you called me out of the sea where I was drowning and you called me come plant yourself by the river and be a tree Cause I, and I could waste my breath singing all my praise to Him. And I could waste my strength dancing all my praise to Him. And I could waste my praise, oh, throwing it all on You, God. I've got nothing but You. I've got nothing but you I'm wasting all my oil Out on you
smell the incense of our praise, God. Oh, Father, we want to minister to you. Oh, we want to bless you. We want to bless you, God. We want to minister to you, God. Oh, Jesus, come and sit so we can sing and we can praise you. We want to minister to you, God.
I give it I give you all my praise And you know you're worth it You're worth all the praise And so here I give it I give you all my praise And you know you're worth it you're worth all the praise. And so here I give it. Oh, I give you all the praise. You know you're worth it. You're worth all the praise. And here I give it. I give you all my praise. So come and inhabit our praise. We long for you, and all we've got is praise. Oh, and come and inhabit our praise. We long for you. All we've got is praise. You know you're worth it. You're worth all the praise. So here I give it. I give you all my praise. You know you're worth it. You're worth all the praise. I give you all my praise. Oh, would you come and inhabit our praise? Oh, we long for you. And all we've got is praise. Oh, would you come? Inhabit our praise. Oh, we long for you, and all we've got is praise. Would you come? Inhabit our praise. We long for you. All we've got is praise, and we give you it all, we give you it all, and come, oh, and inhabit our praise, and we long for you, we give you praise, you're worth more than this life. more than my dreams. Oh, I give you all my dreams. You're worth more than my stuff. I give you all my stuff. You're worth more than I have. So I give you all I have. And you take away the shame. And you take away the chains. You free me of the fear that holds me hostage here. You open up the doors and you set me free. 
when I run into your arms, you're worth more than I have. I give you all I have, you're worth more than I have. I give you all I have, you're worth more than I have. I give you all I have. Oh. And then you take away the shame. And you take away the chains. You free me of the fear that holds me hostage here. You open up the doors and you set me free. And I run, I run into your arms. Oh, you're worth so much more than you've been given. You're worth so much more. You're worth so much more. Would you come and inhabit our praise? We long for you, all of you, all of you, all of you. And come, oh Lion of Judah, come, oh warrior, oh warrior, come. We long for you, oh, would you come, oh, come inhabit our praise, we long for you, all we've got is praise, I may not feel like praising, Oh, but I will lift up my voice. Oh, this week may have beat me down, but I will lift up my head to the mountains where my help comes from. I will believe you and all that you have said. I will believe you even over the news and even over my, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, praise Him. Oh, I may not feel it, and I may not see it. Oh, but I know it. Oh, but I know it. I lift my praise to You. Oh, I lift my praise to You. Oh, come, come, children, come. Come, children, come. Oh, let's worship our Father. Let's praise our Father. He gave everything for us. He gave everything for us. Oh, you can give Him your sins, and He'll give you His righteousness. (laughs) You can give Him your pain, and He'll give you His freedom. And you can give him your life And he'll give you his life Oh, you can give him your love And he'll give you his love It's what we need Not just more kindness And not just more politeness Lord, we need love, love, love that goes to the grave, that goes to hell, and brings back all the comes. Oh, 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 
worth more than I have, so I give you all I have. Oh, you're worth more than my dreams, so I give you all my dreams. Oh, you're worth more than this life, oh, I give you my life. more than I have, so I give you all I have, and you come, and you take away my shame, and you take away the chains, you free me of the fear that holds me hostage here, you open up the doors, and you set me free. Oh, when you walk into the room, oh, come and walk into this room. Come walk into my life once again and even more. Even more. Would you come? We'll lavish you with praise. We'll lavish you with incense. Incense of worship. Oh, burning incense. We are a sacrifice of praise, God. We are a sacrifice of praise. Oh, King of kings, come and rest here. We are your weapons, God. We are your weapons of praise to change the atmosphere. To change the atmosphere. Oh, we are your shouts of war. We are your shouts of war, God. Oh, to pronounce death to all those who oppose. Of kings and the Lord of lords. So come, judgments of God. Yes, Lord. Come, judgments of God. Oh, we want your justice, God. But when it's left up to us, oh, we ruin the whole thing. Oh, 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 judge and king eternal. Oh, judge and king eternal, come bring your justice here. Oh, we're killing babies. Oh, we're lying. We're cheating. We're stealing. Oh, we're bounding in chains. Oh, king of justice, come here. Oh, king of justice, come here. Oh, king of justice, come here. Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us get rid of every weight. Let us get rid of every weight. Everything that's keeping us down. Also, we can ascend in worship. Whoa. Every weight off your people, Lord. 
while we release every weight off your people, Lord, and the sin that just so easily beset us. Boy, let us run up into the heavens now. Lord, we lay aside every weight and every burden that's tried to come down on us. And we receive your delight as Father. We revel in your delight. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, because we're going up. Oh, we're going up. Running up into the heavens. Oh, fearless. We must take courage. Up into the heavenly flight. Where you dwell, Lord. Oh, we want to be with you. We want to be like you. We say all your judgments are good. All your judgments are good. Release the spirit of meekness on your people, Lord. Release your humility on us, Lord. That we would be fully dependent. Oh, we'd be completely one with you, Lord. We long for a habitation, Lord. Oh, that we would put off this mortal body and put on immortality. We long for you, Lord. Have your way with us this morning. Oh, let us watch in this house. Oh, we want you, Lord, more than anything else. I give up my right to be right. I give up everything for you, Lord. Because we want you. Receive healing. Receive healing now. For the weight of shame and guilt. Receive the grace of the important righteousness of our King. Lord, receive Him. We are casting off. Lord, break every chain. Lift your house, Lord, up into the heavens. Receive refreshment for your souls. Arise, 
Jesus said these words in, in the first days of his ministry in Isaiah 61. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and called me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor and the afflicted. And he has sent me to bond up and heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives. And he opened up the prison and the eyes of those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. I'm going to give an, or an ornament, he says. It's a garland or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. I'm going to give the oil of joy instead of mourning. I'm going to give you the garment of praise instead of the heavy burden and felling spirit that you may be called. Oaks of righteousness. Holy Spirit, right now, for those of you who have mourned in Zion, that have experienced heaviness of your soul, those of you who have been experiencing ashes. you this because the Holy Spirit keeps saying this to me and I, I got to act in obedience in this. If you've been experiencing those emotions, mourning, lack of hope, oppression, I want you to come forward right here this morning because the Holy Spirit wants to release something on your life of himself. Don't be afraid to step out or like if someone would shame you. That don't happen in this house. I want liberty and freedom. The enemy's been attacking you and your family and trying to bring you down. Because you said, I'll trust in Zion. You want prayer this morning. I want you to step out and say, man, he's been coming against me. He's been coming against my mind. He's been assaulting my emotions. He's been trying to tear into me and, and create this uh, perception that is not the perception of the Father over me. I just want to stand this morning and say, hey, this is one of the hardest things that many of us will ever say is, help! I need your help! A human proclivity is to say, I got this thing. The Lord made us like this. Oh, I need you, Lord. There's nothing wrong with that humility. He created us for dependency. He made us to say, I need your help. When he preached this message, do you know what they did? They tried to run him over a cliff and kill him because of this message. You know why? Because it makes you feel vulnerable. 
And we resist vulnerability. We don't want anybody to see our stuff. We think that if we hide and we close ourselves in, nobody will see us. And yet the Lord says, come to me. All you who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Now, 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 if you want to, and you want to come up behind these three men and pray, I ask you, would you just come up and lay hands on them? Yeah. You're up here. All right, Stephen. Would someone come up and pray with Stephen? Yeah, just lay your hands on his back. Henry, okay. And Tom here, someone come up and pray with him. Thank you, Tom. All right, hey, we're going to, listen now, we're going to get a release right here. We're going to get a release right here. Come on, pray with me. Yes, we pray for our brothers and sisters this morning. Come on, pray with me. Pray. Church, pray.
And you free me from the fear that holds me hostage here. And you open up all the doors and you set us free. Oh, that's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Oh, that's who you are. That's who you are, God. That's who you are, this God of mine. Oh, Jehovah, that's who you are. Oh, that's who you are, God. That's who you are. That's who you are, God. That's who you are. come before your mind and your spirit take one soul that you know that doesn't know the Lord bring them before you the Lord we're going to do some targeted intercession right now now nah, he's met us Now let's meet him for his inheritance. Oh, you deserve the right to your inheritance, Lord. On the highways and the hedges. For the lost. Oh, I one soul in my heart. And love that soul through me. And may I ever do my part to win that soul to thee. I want the souls, Lord. Well, we want evangelism, Lord. We need fire evangelism, Lord. You left the 99 for the one. I'm centering up, Lord, on that one. I'm going to go after him, Lord, to love. I'm going after him, Lord, with your love. You deserve your inheritance, Jesus. 
impossible with the Lord. What seems impossible with man is not impossible with the Lord. For my heart cries out to the living God. For a great harvest. For the thrusting out of the laborers into the harvest field. Akpolo! Raise this work up, Lord, as you promised. For soul reaping station.
voice is the sound of a thousand bells. Hear me, nations, hear Israel. My song is the water of the purest well. Hear me, heaven, fear me, hell. My dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah. Look at me and know he is God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise, oh God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise. My hands hold the cure for every disease. They're covered in blood and oil and leaves. My laughter and tears create things unseen. Atmosphere changes and God's release. My worship is armed with spirit and truth. Sacred, accepting, and pleasing to you. And our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise, oh God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise. We come against the hostile activity in this nation right now. Against the unborn. And we decree and declare that everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that every murderous spirit and every false and lying spirit, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood. We plead your blood over this nation. Plead your blood over this nation, the United States of America. Let everything that exalts itself in pride be brought down. We ask you for your justice this morning, Lord. For the millions of the unborn. For the acts that break covenant in our land, we ask you, Holy Spirit, this morning to send out your angel armies, Lord. We ask you to dispatch the angelic host. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to move on our land with a great awakening. We ask you for a great awakening, Lord. Let the third great awakening come on our land. Let the blood of the martyrs of the unborn cry up to you in the heavens and hear our cry, Lord. Just 
dispatch your judgments, Lord, in mercy and loving kindness on our land. Shatter the leadership that does not respect you, Lord, and honor you and give you the loyalty that you deserve. I'll bring up the Gideon army in the land. Let the Gideons arise. Let this remnant all over the land unite. Bring forth your remnant family. Bring forth the royal family even now, Lord. Cause the remnant to come together. Let a great unification come. We ask you, bring our family together. Let the branch of the Lord be let it bud, Lord. Let your branch bud. Brandy just sent this in. When the shofar sounded, Brandy's over in, on to my left, to your right. I began to weep. The emotion that came with it was unidentifiable. I asked Holy Spirit what it was, and I heard relief. The night has been long. The soldiers are tired. They've carried a burden farther than they realize. Their strength is nearly spent. But the shofar has announced that help is coming. A victory is sure. Because the army coming to join is undefeated.
us than are against us. And we have our king at the front, leading. week in the house as I was listening to heaven I just wanted to say this uh, about uh, Brandy's word and the acknowledgement there's angel armies moving on our behalf there are angel armies moving on behalf of the kingdom of God and what's happening here I gave an illustration the other night I started I started Carol dragged me back to the mic. Started walking through the house, you know, singing, out of left, out of left, left, right, left, angel armies. There's angel armies moving in, angel armies moving in, angel armies moving in, out of left, out of left, left, right, left. Can you hear the cadence call of God? And what's happening here in the earth now? I was up in the heavens not long ago, and and the Lord was high and lifted up on his on his throne, and he was sitting there, and he looked like me sitting in my recline in my recliner, you know. And I said, "So, Lord, what is this about?" And he said, "Do you see my position on my throne?" He said, "I'm not concerned." He said, I created it all, and I'll get all the glory. It was, it was just like, you know, just like, I know the men can relate. It's like sitting in your recliner, and you're completely relaxed. There's so much stress and so much tension. And Carol had an altar call as the river of God was being poured out this morning. Just, just to let, you know what I mean, just to let the room flood with the, with the river of the Lord. I want to... I wanna, uh, I'm going to read a scripture about that he gave me about about this. This is out of Psalms 103. I'm going to start at verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children to such as keep his covenant. I was watching the covenant this morning in the atmosphere around us. I was watching as God's covenant is fulfilled and we're learning on this earth how to fulfill our end of that covenant and meet him in that covenant. Carol started reading out of uh, out of Hebrews. And to those who remember his commandments to do them, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, you ministers of his, 
who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all his places of dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I'm going to take one more minute while Carol gave me this. This morning, as Carol was moving us into the river, I could see the throne of God right above us. And I could see below the throne of the eastern of the eastern side of it, the river of God flowing faster and faster over 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 this over this group of people over this this meeting and what and what God's doing uh, with Carol and Kara in this in this move. You know, it, it was like it, it just kept coming heavier and heavier and heavier. And I said, and I saw the Lord lifted up there again. And he said, in this, I'm going to teach you to worship me as Adonai, Adonai, Adonai. It's not that he's not Lord, but when he comes as Adonai, it means complete submission to him. It means master, Lord of all. It means that, that we take everything before him as Adonai, complete, complete and supreme master of our lives. Not just not as a savior, but as master. Taken the precious from the worthless and given us beauty for ashes, love for hate. You have chosen the weak things of the world to shame that which is strong and the foolish things to shame the wise. You are help to the helpless, strength to the strengthless, and a father to a child who's left alone. And the thirsty, you're invited to come to the waters, and those who have no money come and buy. So come, so come, so floor and the move of God we've cried out for will come oh it will surely come and you will shake the heavens you'll 
your house with glory and you'll turn the shame of outcast into praise and all creation groans and waits for the spirit and the bride to say the words that your heart had longed to hear so you, Lord, for the opportunity to <clears throat> magnify you. Thank you for what you did for us at the cross. Thank you that you were willing to take all our shame and our guilt, and all our sins. It would all be poured out on you. Thank you, Lord, that you believed and rose from the dead when your night was as dark as it could ever be and you felt abandonment. Inside of you, you said, I believe, I believe, and I believe, and I believe, and out of you, oh, you came from the dead. You believed so much so, Lord, that we have hope. That we don't have to be miserable because of your resurrection. And Lord, we recognize that you're seated in glory right now. At the right hand of Father. We lift you up, Lord, and we thank you. We're eternally grateful. Eternally, Lord, we're yours. We pledge allegiance to the Lamb. We pledge allegiance to you, Lamb of God, and Lion of the tribe of Judah. We pledge our whole self to you. Say, Lord, if there's anything that's hindered in us, Lord, that it would be removed so that we would give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor that you're due. Thank you for your sanctification, Lord. 
Thank you that even though we go through many trials, that you deliver us out of them all. That you're good. And we proclaim your goodness this morning. We thank you. Thank you for your mercy. May you be satisfied. May you receive the satisfaction. May you receive back the reward that you are due. May you receive back everything that you put on the line and more. We know that the Father has exalted you to be above every name, that every knee should bow and give complete obeisance to you, complete honor and glory to you. And we, we do that this morning corporately. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. Yeah, good debrief. Everybody did really well. If you didn't move out in faith in the meeting, you know, I want to encourage you. Austin wrote me this last weekend or week before last, and it really like touched me. I want to read something that he said. And I, I'm really blessed by you, Austin Harris, who's up here in the front. <clears throat> I wanted to bring bring out something he said. It's just a matter of debrief. Uh, many of you know I flew jets for the Air Force for some time, and we would brief before we go in uh, to a flight. And as you know, every time you go into an experience it's situational and it can turn any way and uh, th that would happen to us in the air and so you brief what you're going to do or hope to do but it generally doesn't always happen that way now, i remember one day we we got up off the deck and then a cloud comes down and puts down over you know our landing field and we can't land there and we get up and i don't know we're probably at thirty thousand feet or whatever and then we couldn't go take our route and we're right over the top of Mobile, Alabama, and we're like, we've got to put that plane on the deck in Mobile because we can't go and fly over Mississippi and things. And man, that was the moment that all the briefing sort of was good, but it couldn't account for putting a plane down because normally you set up 15 minutes just to get a plane down. And we had that thing on the ground in five minutes, I think. And pizza ordered. <laughs> we had called in pizza and had the thing on the ground. And we're throwing forms and everything all around, you know, and that plane's on the deck. And we're just like, yes, let's go get some pizza. We took back off and went back. What I'm getting at is sometimes when you go in and you brief, you do the best you can. We come in together. The situation can change. But we come in expecting the Lord. When we come to this house, we come with an expectation. We expect that the Lord's going to move and he's going to build his house and then we get into it and we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, many times we just say, here we go. We just jump off because Stephen and I and many of you do not know. And here's, here's why I'm saying that. And here's your debrief that Austin's getting at. We want to encourage you to move out in your spiritual gifts. We, we I believe that order and freedom are, go hand in hand. Many houses, some of them have a lot of order and no freedom. Some have ridiculous freedom and no order. But I believe when it's set right in God's house, 
that we have a sense of knowing from the Holy Spirit. And if you feel your chest pitter-patting, saying move out, then move out. And uh, you're not going to, you know, and I don't have anyone here that, generally speaking, I would say that's just going to get completely out of order. If anything, all of you are really wonderful, orderly people. What we want you to do is move in freedom. We want you to begin to, I mean, you see how I act. Because when the love of God comes on you, you just kind of lose your senses. And, right? So, um, Austin wrote this. It really blessed me. I'm going to just read a section of it. He says, so you could at some point in the middle of the event, which I couldn't do today, but I want to say it in debrief. Does anybody have something you feel God might want you to share with us right now? We have one gentleman. You do? Okay, go ahead. Speak up, Laura. You can come to the mic or speak up. Come to the mic. Because I can't hear you. And I know they want to hear you, and I want to hear you. This is working out great. Hmm. The Lord, the Lord first came to me and uh, showed me some sin, and um, so I repented, and he came, his heart just joined my heart like never before. And then when we were praying for people, um, I love praying for people for healing, uh, but the Lord put a sash, a light blue sash in my hand, and I felt like it was the spirit of truth. And I feel like the spirit of truth is what he is truth. That's his healing. That's what will heal us is just knowing who he is and what he says and who he is. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there you go. Now that's awesome right there, you know. Um, thank you for sharing uh, that, Laura. So, um, so Austin also wrote, you can make an announcement encouraging everybody to step out more and share their gifts during the events. Um, you could also add this to the app, this application. Now listen, uh, Brad Ames said this, and we, I think many of you resonated with this. He said, tight is slow, loose is fast, rubbing is racing. So tight is fast. So if you get too tight in the corners, you can go too fast and you can throw your car into the wall, right? Um, if, you, if you get, excuse me, tight is slow, right? You just tighten up. You can't get anywhere, okay? But loose is fast. So you've seen someone get loose and racing. They'll throw their car out in the corner or something like that, okay? But rubbing is racing. Now, sometimes as believers, or let's say this, iron sharpens iron. And we need this in the body. We need, we need this because uh, we, need, we need human interaction. A lot of people back out of relationship because it begins to get a rub in it. But rubs aren't always bad. Uh, if you bristle with someone, and you know what I mean by bristle? You ever been next to somebody and just sort of grating on you or moving on, like, on you, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yep. You do? Okay, he knows. Do y'all know? You know what I'm saying? When it bristles on you. 
Um, so I don't know what this is, but a lot of my evangelism is normally through bristling. I'm like, why am I rubbing? And then the word's like, go tell them about me. And then they'll get saved. You know, because, I don't know, sometimes for me, you have to bristle uh, for that. And so I don't know how your interaction is with your, your person, but allow yourself to move out. Also, we're... We do this corporately to come together to get you activated out in the daily round of life. So we're demonstrating for you how we live. You know, some people say, well, Jesus, like, curse a fig tree. What is a man doing talking to a tree? I mean, how many of us talk to trees? That's a little bit odd, right? The, the point is, is that sometimes what we do as believers may appear to be odd to the world. And don't be afraid to move out with the Lord when he's calling you to. Um, all right. Wonderful, wonderful time together in worship. What we're going to do now is we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. And I just want to pray over you and bless you. There are some really great initiatives in here and creativity. I want to ask you just this one question, and we're going to do this quickly. But if you are asking the Lord... Um, for a creative enterprise or business, and you're trying to move out into something new or in your job, I want you to just come forward this morning. We're going to pray and, and pray over you and bless you in your business. Creative, the creative arts or creative in business, and you want to have some prayer this morning because your, your business model, you need to, to advance to the next level. Just come here. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray over you during the offering. Anybody? Come on. Don't, don't play around with this because... If you've got this going on in your heart, please come forward. All right, because we want to pray for you to come to the next dimension of what God has for you and your and to, to be a, to be blessed and be a blessing. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jesus, this morning. I thank you for the creativity of your people. I thank you for the creative arts. I thank you for business entrepreneurs that are here with me this morning. Or that are wanting to advance out and see um, blessing over their life and blessing over their families and returns. I ask you, Holy Spirit, this morning for your creative genius to come over each mind and heart here this morning. Help the full expression, the full expression of the gifts that God has made you and, and endowed you with to come into a place of courage and believing faith. When it looks like I'm being set back, I ask you this morning, Lord, for courage to step out into a dimension of faith to trust what the Lord has said over your business. And I pray that even this next coming week, you will start to see contacts, networking, financial uh, reality, and creativity that comes from the Father. In the name of Jesus, bless you. Amen. Bless you as you give this morning. Bubbling up in my soul there's a well that you've dug, cinder and smoke of a blaze where your feet had once set down, oh ancient of days, and walk again in the garden of my soul. nakedness fear of man cannot hide 
from your voice split like a veil the heavens lay your head down here with us bring us unto your fleshing floor where it's you who lives not us Stephen. Wow. Awesome. All right. Listen, I've got, I've got to go over a couple of announcements with you um, as this house is beginning to uh, and moving into the direction that we're going into. I want to present two primary things that's on my heart this morning for you before I give you uh, the preaching of the word out of Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> When we came here in September the 20th and before that, and there's a story with this, and I put this in your email, and many of you know this story, and I can't rehearse the whole story because Tom will not allow it this morning, but we've got some videos that are going to be coming out that detail the story of the prophetic history on this house and our assignment from the Lord. They're really incredible uh, because the Holy Spirit literally is leading us, and it's not like man's leading this work. This is the Lord leading his house. And one of the things that the Lord mandated, mandated us with was to gather 100 of his remnant. A remnant is like one in 10,000. And when the Holy Spirit said, gather a remnant, gather a remnant, I said, Lord, that a hundred remnant, that's like out of a million people, we would get a hundred. And that's, that's, that's a very unusual thing. And I, and I said this to the Lord. I said, I cannot do that. And the Lord said, thank you for finally admitting it. You don't have the charisma. You don't have the intellect. You don't have the personality. You don't have the look. You don't have the whole thing together, my people. And I said, help. I can't do it. And he says, I know. And I've been actually, I've had you in ministry all these years to finally get you to admit it. So I said, okay, I give up. And he said, okay, we'll get started. And I don't know to what extent it takes that to enter into God's rest for many of us, but, oh man, this one didn't go down easy. I preached every message I knew. I've done every song I could do. I've done everything I could do for the Lord. And wore myself and my family slap out. And so when the Lord reinitiated to come here, 
I admitted to him, and I still do, I can't do this. But if you're going to raise up a remnant, you'll have to send them. He said, I will. One, one day I was getting a little discouraged in December because I was like, oh, no, you know, because the ministry was being hit. You know, we were going through some stuff. And I'm like, it feels like people were backing off in their hearts and things. I was like, oh, no. And I, I, I was at the house and the Lord said, do you believe me? And I said, yes. He said, quit concerning yourself because some of the people had thought we're going to come in said no we're not coming some of the people i didn't know were going to come in came and i was like ah you know and he said don't worry about it i'm going to gather a hundred remnant yay and he i know some people don't like me saying this but the bible says this in leviticus and it came out of our prayer meeting i'm going to save a ten thousand and that's a thousand fold return and so i've been asking the holy spirit like how are you going to do this because we're gathering in downtown Asheville in the YMI. We can't get the windows open. You know, I mean, we might could, but they're stuck. And like, they're not going to hear it spill out into the streets. And this is just one location. And he shared with me this. He said, I'm going to build safe houses. And I'm going to build them all over Western North Carolina. I'm going to, I'm going to move your family. He moves our family down to Mill Spring, and he and he shares with me. Once I get your family moved, I'm going to begin the building operation of the safe houses, and the safe houses will be my evangelistic arm, and I will reach the communities within the locations of those safe houses. I will reach out from the home. God's original mandate, when he began in the garden, he told them, he said, be fruitful and what? Multiply. He says, guard and cultivate in the garden. And he started with a man and his wife. He started with a family. God is into the family. And what I realized, what I have become to real, or come to realize is how crucial covenant is to the Lord. When husband and wives are brought together in union, I didn't say that we're perfect. I said that when they're brought together in union and they're pursuing the will of the Lord together. So this is, this is what he shared with me and I'm introducing this to you this morning for you to pray about. I want to ask you from the Lord, if you would pray a husband and wife team, and just hear me out, a husband and wife team that would be willing to lead a safe house in their location. And that those of you that are single and are um, not a husband and wife yet, or are not in that place yet, that you would come and support uh, a safe house within your said community. Now, <clears throat> I'm I, I, I'm kind of free in this. I'm not trying to put any mandate on geography on anyone. Um, but what we want to do is begin to open up uh, a house for people to come to. And if if God has spoke to you about opening your home or opening a place where you could invite people in in your community um, and bring them in and um, Begin to just fellowship with them and love them. Um, and I want you to pray about this. If you sense that the Lord is speaking to you about this in your family and you would like to do this, 
What, what I've, I've asked Henry and Wendy Todd, who are sitting right here over here at this table, you raise your hand, Henry and Wendy. I've asked them to provide support for the safe house leadership. Um, they would, they will come in and basically, uh, pastor those of you who are running safe houses. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, number one, I completely trust both of them with my whole heart. They've pastored me and my wife. They're a wonderful uh, pastoral gift there. And what happens a lot of times when you begin to advance for evangelism, how many know how the enemy does not like that? Have anybody ever advanced for evangelism and got the backlash? A lot of times you need support. Well, Henry and Wendy are going to provide the support for you to be there for you and you, you would be able to talk to them and they would support you in your safe house. Um, and you, you can call them and talk to them and they'll keep whatever you have before the war confidential. Um, and, and give you the support that you need because I, I realize that when we begin to advance for evangelism, we need support. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. Number two. There are three works, and if you feel called to this, there are three things I would like for you to either read or listen to. One, and if, please take notes if, if you are considering this. One, and if, if you're not taking notes and you don't have paper, it's okay, because I'll, I'll put this out and I will bring the books this morning for you. I want you, to, I want you to look at Richard Baxter, the Reformed Pastor. Richard Baxter was in, I believe it was in Kidderminster. They implemented this kind of model where they cared for souls within their community and the pastoral team and staff did. They had six thousand, I think it's five or six thousand people convert. Richard Baxter's book, The Reformed Pastor, is an excellent work. I, I received back in 2010 when the world was laying this out for me. And I said, oh, man, if you ever give me a chance one day to watch your vision, Lord, I'll tell them about Richard Baxter, The Reformed Pastor. Number two, there's another work that I believe is very important. <clears throat> and it is Mike Breen. Mike and Sally Breen out of Sheffield, England. They don't live in Sheffield anymore. I believe they're either down at Polly's Island or in Greenville. <clears throat> Mike Breen wrote a book called Missional Communities. And his model, they had thousands and thousands of converts in Sheffield, England. And they did it off of what I believe our house, what I, we want to implement into your safe house and give you structural support for, was what he calls up, in, and out. They would worship the Lord, ascend up. They would reflect with the Lord internally in their sanctification and they would go out and evangelize. And so he, he implemented a very simple model for evangelism up in and out. We, we in this house, I, I, you'll hear me call it prophet, priest, and king, or I may have expanded recently prophet, priest, judge, and king, because I believe there are four components and we want to bring these four components but Mike Breen's laid a really good foundation for those three. I want to just bring forth four because I believe he's, 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 he's a judge as well. And I, a lot of people, they shy away from that, but he's very just. So I, I want to implement, you know, prophet, priest, judge, and king. Uh, the four components, I believe, of the cross. 
And so we would give you tools to help implement that within your safe houses. <clears throat> and then number three, uh, the other work that I'm interested in looking at, excuse me, looking at is The Household and the War for the Cosmos by C.R. Wiley. Anybody heard of Wiley or C.R. Wiley? The Household and the War for the Cosmos. He's a pastor up in the Northeast. It's, it's a seminal work. It, he introduces the difference between a Roman system and a Hebraic system. And it is very, very important to get the delineation down between the way a Roman family works, especially in the United States of America, who has a system built off of a Roman-based system, and the way a Hebrew family would operate their family. There are so many connections that are similar, but they are not alike. And I think you're beginning to see this politically. How that the Roman system and way of thinking is starting to, we're starting to look at it and question it, as you should. Because the Roman system is built out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Hebraic way is built out of the tree of life. And we must delineate between those two in the household. Now, I love how C.R. Wiley does this. My work is not out yet. I hope to get it written. It's called Rise of Clasternaut. But I deal with the cosmological perspective in light of your soteriology. Complex words, but what I mean is how the heavens relate to your sanctification. Rise of Clasternaut. And I have a podcast, so you can go and listen to that. It's called Galactic Progeny. You can listen to that. But C.R. Wiley presents another angle or snapshot that I'm, I haven't been authorized to present on Roman versus Hebrew. And we need this in our household because a Hebrew doesn't act like a Roman. Who were the two, where were the two world powers that came up when Jesus came on the scene? The Romans and the Hebrews. Why? Because Abraham was promised the world. And Caesar felt like he was promised the world too. And you see two colliding systems come against each other right there. Well, those systems will collide in this end hour. And we must know what is New World Order Roman ideology and what is Hebraic Melchizedek Order ideology. You know, say, we're trying to make a decision in our family. You know, like, that's Roman. You know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You know where that comes from? That's right-based legal Roman. Do you know what go couch surf comes from? And forget it, and I don't care. You know where that comes from? Left-based liberal ideology. Do you know what the Lord says? Trust me. Move in faith. Take courage. Faith, adversity, rest, expansion. And I just gave you the gospel right there. And I'm, what we want to do in your safe houses is provide you with the easy tools for the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection, ascension. We want to give you something that your children could lead someone to Christ because they're like this. Toil, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness is the way of this world. Man, I go, I've heard people say, you don't know how I had to crawl my way to the top. That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. That's toil, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness. And we'll break all this out for you and help you with the gospel presentation. Faith, adversity, rest, expansion is the gospel. You move in faith, adversity comes. You move through that adversity until you come into rest and God expands you. That is the way of the gospel. 
And uh, I got that out of three and a half years of teaching the book of Mark. It took three and a half years to teach that book. And eventually the Lord said, you see the pattern of the gospel? I said, yes, that's beautiful. He said, you know what I do with the tares? I was like, oh man, he throws them in the fire. And you know what I did for you with the fair? I paid for it. I paid for your faith. I paid for your adversity. I paid for your rest. And I paid for you to expand. Now that's a blessing. If you've ever tried the terror path, it doesn't work. And it'll leave you with resentment and you'll be left alone. God doesn't want us to be alone. He wants us in relationship. All right. If you, if you have interest in that, I ask you to let Henry and Wendy Todd know uh, next week. Um, and then we will begin to unpack these over the next month. We're not asking you to jump right into them yet. Also, on the books, if, you, if you're more an auditory learner and you don't like to read, then listen to them. Uh, Scribd, I think, is the name of it. Is that right? Scribd, thank you. Scribd, you can, you can get like a free trial. And so it won't have to cost you anything to listen to these books. Um, husband and wives attempt to listen to them together or to take some time even apart and have a dialogue. I personally would like if you would give us some feedback on what you're learning. I don't, we don't want just direction towards you. We want you to give feedback. And for you safe house leaders that will be raised up, there's going to be hundreds of these. But as you're raised up and the Lord begins to evangelize, we want your input. Uh, Henry, we, we, we're not trying to force a model. What we want is we want reflection and we want to see what the Lord will do. We're not pinning you down on every day, uh, you know, four days a month either. What we want is you to pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him. We're not pinning down the way you're, we just want four components in them, but we're not necessarily telling you how to lead because we want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, thank you. So second thing. And I, I've been praying about this because I want to, the Lord's equipped a lot. I've, I've got a lot of equipment with me, um, not on how to run your day-to-day businesses if you're in business, but how to unlock you into who you're called to be. And the Lord years ago, thank you for my friend being here, but he unlocked something uh, called chrysalis. And I have waited all this time to launch this. But chrysalis, I don't, who knows what a chrysalis is? It's, it's basically a golden cocoon that a f- butterfly comes out of. And we've got a lot of material on this on how to basically unlock a person to go to the next place or care cause it level up, but to come into another place in your business or finance or even in your ministry. And I also would like to know because I'll do this voluntarily for you because I want to serve you. But if you want to engage with some material in chrysalis, we could host something and I'll put something together for you and we'll come up with a date and we can come in and we'll start to unpack tools of the kingdom, the Hebraic way to take your business or your company or your ministry to the next place. It could be, it doesn't matter what, uh, place you're at. If you're in media, if you're in healthcare, if you're in education, if you're a business entrepreneur, it doesn't matter because the tool set that I can deliver to you from the Lord will help you in any kind of place that you're at because it has a structure that can help you. And I really would love to do this for you. It's it's free. 
to come into it and to let the Lord encounter you and come into some uh, tool kingdom tools. And I'd be glad to do any mentorship or to help you in any way I can to take what God has put inside of you and build it to the next capacity. Okay? Is that good? All right. Let's all stand. Luke chapter 2. Uh, verse 25. If you want to, you, to, you can go back uh, on your email. If you're not getting our emails, they're going to spam. Let Kara know after the service if you don't get our emails, and so she can let me know so we make sure that you're getting our communication. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verse 25. I, I was saying this. There, the, there's a link on there where you can click in and listen to the messages out of these events over the past, uh, f- from the past, if you want to, call our Collider events. 225, now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout, looking for the restoration of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, oh man, that he would not die. Uh, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon, directed by the Spirit, came into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary, according to the law, Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God, saying, Now according to your word, sovereign Lord, permit your servant to depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of All peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, listen carefully. This child is destined to be the cause of the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that he will be rejected. Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul as well. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, this is your word that you authorized. And Holy Spirit, I ask you for anointing to preach your word, to proclaim your word the way that it would cause our ears to be open and our eyes to see. I pray, Holy Spirit, for unction to preach. Something I can't do apart from you. And I pray, Lord, it would dig deep into our soul and it would cause a revelation of who you are to manifest in our hearts, Lord. Let your glory be seen and known in the proclamation of your word. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. You may be seated. There was a man in Jerusalem... Jerusalem means the place of peace. There was a man who was waiting. Um, in Acts 2, we call it tarrying. Sometimes it, some guys call it lingering. You ever lingered around sometimes? You just, I'm just going to stay right here for just a minute. 
And sometimes in the middle of lingering or waiting or tarrying, it looks like that your promise is not going to come to pass. I honestly, I believe from the Holy Spirit and my own experience with God and the experience of the text that many things that God does in our life and what he was doing in Simeon's life here was he had called him to wait. Those that wait on the Lord will what? They'll take up wings as eagles. They'll be renewed. Sometimes we in this culture and what I'm saying is counterculture. Or let's just say culture transforming instead of counter. I'm not against the culture. I'm not for the culture. Richard Niebuhr said we were meant to transform the culture. So we're out in front of it. And sometimes we, what happens with us is we get into a place, God calls us into a place, and he says, wait. He says, hey, Terry. He says, I'm going to deliver on the goods. And in the waiting comes this uh, testing of our resolve. I mean, our, uh, our, our sense of, is what he said going to happen? God has spoke something to you into your life and presented his word to you and, and gave you something. And then now comes the time to wait. The reason why it's counterculture is because, I mean, just take ATMs, for instance. Automated teller machine. If I need something, I want it now. Any of y'all raise children? (laughs) Any of y'all have grandchildren? One of the hardest things that you can ever say to a human being, I think, is either no or wait. It puts this kind of pressure. You know, My kids sometimes they say, well, why, why, why is that, Dad? And I say, well, I don't really want to tell you. I don't think it necessarily is your business. I want all the information. Yeah, I mean, you're going to tell me, Daddy, what's going on here. No, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what's going on here because I've reserved this information for me and Mama. And me and Mama decide we don't want to tell you. You know, that's really frustrating sometimes. Proverbs 25.2 says, listen to this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of a king to what? Say it louder. It's the glory of a king to search it out. Listen, God, when he moves in your life, will create vacancy. Please don't say that, Carol. Please don't say that. Vacancy is, vacancy is God's methodology. We, we all want to see the light, but do we want to wait in the darkness? The darkness of the mind, the darkness of the emotion, the darkness when things are not resolved, the darkness when it doesn't seem like the thing that's forthcoming is ever going to happen. I love Romans chapter, I believe it's 4, and y'all can check me on this, verse 18. But it says, Abraham, it may have said Abram. Yes, it says he hoped against hope. Y'all know what that is? Well, I had to study it, and I've mentioned it from this pulpit before, but Abram hoped against hope. When you study that in the Greek, you find out that that word hope has a direct object. Both of them do. 
And one of those hopes had Sarah's womb as direct object. The other hope had God. And when it says that Abraham hoped against hope, what it was saying was, is when Abraham's eyes pitched up and all he saw was God, Sarah's womb was impregnated. And what do we learn from this? The only reason why a lot of times that we're in a place of waiting like Simeon was, like Abraham was, is because God is saying to us, do you trust me? Are your eyes going to lift up from whence cometh your help? God gave me a promise, but nothing in the world is telling me this going to come to pass. Imagine being a, imagine being a gray haired and waiting all these years on a promise. You know, in the waiting, there's, there's a couple things that happen. It says it here in the text. He was righteous and devout. What is righteousness? Now, a lot of people say that it's right standing with God. But who is the epitome of righteousness? What's his name? Right. That's something to be said about this man to call him a righteous man. The Holy Spirit had Luke the writer write that he was righteous. What is righteousness? Well, it says in the text in Romans, it says, Abraham believed me and it was what? Accounted unto him for what? Why? Because Abraham had all the laws obeyed. No. Did you know he doesn't get uh, circumcised? That was Genesis 15 that I quoted to you. He doesn't get circumcised till Genesis 17. What does that tell you? I I had this message one time. I was like, I was going to call it from pimp to papa. Well, I mean, Abraham did sort of do that to his wife, right? Does that sound righteous? Uh, To send your wife off? Oh, she's my sister. I mean, what kind of father of faith pimps out his wife? I mean, really? God's calling Abraham righteous off of his belief. He's not calling him righteous because he was obeying the law. He don't even know what the law is. This is powerful. If you get a hold of what I'm saying right now, it'll liberate you. I'm not, a, I'm not advocating for law breaking. Now, you've got to hear me on that. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is what? It's a sin. Thank you. Y'all can, man, y'all can do this. And anything that's not faith is what? Anything that's not faith is what? Anything that's not faith is what? Say it, say it. Sin. It didn't say that's sin and that's sin and that's sin. It says anything that's not faith. When God defines sin for us, he defined it anything that's not believing him. That means that you and I can get out of position. That's why he gave us 1 John 1 and 9. He says, confess, confess your sins, for he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And what? Some unrighteousness? At the moment when you confess, you, and listen, hear this, because I love this message. You are declared righteous. If you go and you knock somebody and kick them, you're going to have to go confess your sin again. I'm not in a hyper grace message gospel thing. Eve, whatever. 
I'm not into that. But the Lord has made a path for us called repentance. When we talk about righteousness, are y'all hearing me? Anything that's not faith is sin. So Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for... So when Abraham exercises faith, what does God call him? Righteous. So is Abraham actually sinning in that moment when God calls him that? Listen, when you walk by faith, God says you're righteous. When you move out of trust, you move into your own will, you just stepped out of righteousness. When God calls Simeon righteous, do you understand how amazing that is? What about Job? That's my favorite book. That people, or the book of Job. I mean, Job. This is my favorite book. Why? Why? I love this. Hey, have you considered my righteous servant, Job? And then later on, Job's going to basically declare his own righteousness. He's going to get the smack down by Elihu. Why? Because you can't go around speaking well of yourself. You can't go around calling yourself righteous. God was going to cure Job, not punish him. He was curing him. He wanted to bring him into a double blessing. Listen, God called Simeon righteous and devout. What is devout? I, I, there's some devout people in here. That's actually why you're here, because you are devout. There's many of you that are devout. Now, I can't say that you're devout all the time or that I am. But what I mean by devout is I'm loyal to him. Uh, John brought that out. You can't just take him as Savior. You've got to take him as what? Lord. I mean, he's in charge, is he not? And so that's devout. That's the sense of, that's the sense of when push comes to shove, you take everything away from me, make me wait. I'm not changing my position. Some people don't like people like that. They call them arrogant, call you names and all kinds of things. Say, well, what kind of person are you? No, I'm not moving off my position. I'm not moving off my resolve. The Holy Spirit said to Simeon, righteous and devout man, I'm going to bring forth the consolation of Israel. You want to see Jesus manifest in your life? You will have to learn to embrace the vacancy of waiting. Because when God gives you a word, don't let anything or anybody, any angel or any demon or anything or even your own mind get you off of what the Holy Spirit has told you. You're not going to die before you see the Lord. I, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> man, every time the word runs me out to the edge, <laughs> you don't know what I mean? It feels like you're going to jump off the cliff. I mean, is that happening to anybody else? Or is this just like a daily thing? You know, the word says, hey, believe me. And you're like, I ain't going to make it. We're not going to make it, Lord. I don't know how we're going to make it. There, what literally happens to you when you move in faith is you will not see a way to make it. If you do, it's probably not God. I mean, I've only had one time that I thought that something might happen that it did that the Lord did. Just one time in 17 years of just faithfully following Him. It always comes up in a different way, right? And so He said, uh, you'll not die before you see Him. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Sometimes in popular movies today, some of the, the movies like 
that are coming out, they take, they take the protagonist or the main actor in the film, and the only way to present the protagonist is the main actor is to push, they'll push these guys through death. And then if they resurrect, then they're actually able to enter into the film and you see the film. Some, at least for me, some of those films that are really great always takes the protagonist and leads them right to their death. Like they have one, one film recently, they tell the guy, you have to jump off and tread water with weights on you until you basically drown to death. And then after the guy drowns to death, then into sea, then they bring him back up and they breathe life into him. And then now he's able to actually do his mission. Y'all like that? Who likes God to push you out like that? Now, this is the word I got to know. I hope he's the Lord you got to know, but he'll push you right to the edge. He'll push you all the way to the edge, and he'll he'll press you in, and then he'll say, you going to jump? And it's like, Andy! <laughs> I know you're thinking. Andy goes, you know, there's his dad, and he's going to cross over, and he steps out, you know, Indiana Jones, and there's that board, that thing that catches him. Every movement of faith is like that. You know what? You know why people don't like Christianity? Because the Lord will press you out like that. They want everything comfort and pleasure, man. I just want it to be easy, man. I don't. I want to live my life with ease and comfort and pleasure. And you don't. We don't realize that that is the very thing we do not need. Will God give you rest? Yes. But is He going to press you out? Yes. And we need to trust Him. As Simeon models for us, a man that trusts Him, you will not die until you see the Lord's Christ. Simeon, directed by the Spirit, goes into the temple court. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do what was customary according to the law, Simeon takes him in his arms and blesses God. Listen, I, I, you have to know this. I am pro the church, meaning the ecclesia gathering together. It says that Simeon came into the temple court. There's something that happens here that may happen out in our daily life, but there is something that happens with us corporately when we come together. Simeon models this kind of life. Jesus modeled this right, right in his ministry. He goes right to the, he goes right to the synagogue first thing. He comes corporately to meet together. Simeon models this for us as well. And then he says, he took the child and he, and he said, Now according to your word, Sovereign Lord. I love this about Simeon. I don't want you to forget this. Please don't. Please do this. Every time you come through a breakthrough in your life, please praise the Lord. Please don't be like the other nine lepers. Please come back and thank the Lord. You know what, you know what we're doing up here and modeling? Do you know why we act? <laughs> you know why? Because let it not be said that we didn't praise the Lord. Let it not be said that we didn't. I bless you, Lord, and I thank you for what you've done. Though you slay me, I will serve you. Let us, let us praise the Lord. You, you see what I mean? Let us get something in deep down inside and say, no matter what my situation looks like, I will glorify you, Lord, and give you praise. 
Do you know your breakthrough is right there? How many of you have seen this? I know you've seen this because there's many fine believers in here that in the moment of your praise come your breakthrough. You know why? It's because you believe when you do that. That's why I know when we get together corporately and we begin to bring, Stephen's leading us, we're bringing in the high praises. I know breakthroughs happening all over this room. You might not see it directly, might not know what's going on, but you know the Lord delights when you bless the name of the Lord. Thank Him. We can't be spoiled children. We are not entitled to anything. Listen, we don't, we don't deserve anything, and He freely gave us all things. He's loved us with an everlasting love when we were loveless. He's been faithful when we lacked in faith. God is this way. He's always good. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless your holy name. we got to quit looking down into ourselves and look up to the heavens where our, come, our help comes from. Every breakthrough in your life and faith is built off of that model. Simeon models for that as well. Now let me depart in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light. Uh, there is some there is some mindset within the body of Christ that keeps God up in the heavens, but they never see a demonstration of Him down here in the earth. I mean, that's not Jesus' way. Let me tell you, ethereal thinking and all these abstract concepts and everything, some, some preachers do this, some people do this. They, everything's just ethereal and up in the heavens, but has no demonstration in the natural everyday work of life. That is, God, God demonstrates Himself, not just on the mountain, but in the valley. He said, my eyes see it. My, my very own eyes sees God at work. I see Him at work. I love that when God's light comes and illuminates a situation and perspective changes. You know what I mean when you're, any of you have those aha moments? You're like, oh, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Oh my goodness, it's the Lord. Who could have known? There's the light. I said, yeah. I said, yes, Lord, my soul believes you. I believe you. Ah! Ah! And then all of a sudden you turn around, boom, there he is again. Oh, you, this begins to happen to you. You, you get crazy for him because you're just looking for the next encounter, the next phone call, the next hookup. But God has a path. Believe him. And then you get encountered. And you're like, oh, I made a new friend. Oh, my, my relative got saved. Oh, that person got healed. Oh, my Lord, you just showed me another passage in Scripture I've never seen before. One of the greatest thrills of the human soul is the Word of God. At least, I mean, for me, I'm like, who saw that in Psalms 103:17, John? I mean, who saw that in Genesis 12? I mean, who saw? I mean, who could have known? And there he is again. Ah, ah, ah! <laughs> I'm having fun with y'all, but, yeah. All right, the light comes. The perspective changes. You ever had someone you know and they have a perspective one way and you have another perspective another way, but you never can get on the same perspective? Why y'all look at me like that? Does that ever happen to you? And you just, 
This happens in marriage a lot. <laughs> just to be just real open and candid and vulnerable. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you thought. I don't like. What are we going to do? <laughs> when the light comes and then all of a sudden the wisdom of God comes and the light comes and the perspective shifts and you're like, oh my goodness, what were we doing? What were we even thinking? What were we even feeling? That didn't even make a lick of sense. The revelation comes. I want to bring glory into your life. The child's father and mother, they're amazed at what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, listen carefully. Now listen, I'm going to conclude here, but I really want you to hear this because you need this going out of this room today. I need, I need my own preaching. I, I haven't even studied this text, so this is all new for me too. Uh, he says, listen carefully, this child is destined to be the cause of the falling and rising of many. Everybody like agrees that Jesus could be the rising. We like that side of doctrine. But it also says the falling. He's going to cause... People are going to fall because of him. We, people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that side of God. It says many people are going to fall because of him. They'll become offended at him. They'll become offended at his right to be king and lord over their life. A lot of people, I, I don't know if you, but I, I didn't have a real problem with as much with Jesus as uh, the carpenter from Nazareth. I kind of related to that guy. But Jesus king overall, that guy's offensive. Most of all of us didn't, all of us in this room didn't come from much. I mean, if we might can relate to Nazareth. And we can say, oh man, he saved me. And I'm grateful. And then when Jesus says, all right, you've come along with me for a little while. Now, I want everything. I'm sovereign. Actually, I meant, I predestined you. I elected you. Don't say that. I don't want to hear that. I did that. I don't want to hear that he has a sovereign right over me and everybody else. Said it's his decision. You want the double blessing of God? Come under the double determination of God. You want the you want the blessing of the freedom from your sin? That's one aspect of determination. You want the reward of him? Come under the other determination of of of, of the Lord. That he's determined your rewards and determined who he would save. He determines it. The greatest, the great awakenings that happened in our nation, they all came from that doctrine. That he both was the one who would bring the rising and the falling. You know Jonathan Edwards' uncle? Do you know what happened to him? In the midst of a great awakening, you know what he did? He runs out of the meeting, takes his own life. Hardened his heart to God in the middle of an awakening and could not take it, took his own life. You say, I don't understand that. It's hard for us to accept that and understand how that could happen. He hardened his heart. Listen, this child will cause the fallen and the rising. Let's all stand. A many in Israel, and he'll be a son, listen, that he will be rejected. 
Listen to me as I as I as we close, okay? Listen, please listen to me. One of the greatest tools the enemy will play on you in this end time. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me. Please listen. Is to use the mechanism of rejection and get us off of our eyes off of Jesus. Listen, this is a powerful thing I'm saying to you this morning. How many of you in here have been rejected? It hurts bad. And if you want to double that up, betrayal is even like the double down of rejection. Listen, hear the text this morning. Hear what he says about the Lord who lives inside of each one of you. I don't think that I don't have, I think I have every person under the sound of my voice in this room converted. I can't say for sure. And if you don't know the Lord, confess his name as Lord over your life. Listen, 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 listen. Don't let rejection get get your eyes off Jesus. You are going to be rejected. His life that lives inside of you, the world hates it. And many believers, even when you begin to exhibit his life, sometimes they too will reject that life that lives inside of you. And you'll feel it and it hurts really bad. I've, I've run the gamut with some of my friends, and then all of a sudden we hit a wall sometimes. It hurts so bad because, like, I hit another wall with my buddy, or, you know. And they're like, they say no in themselves. They say no to the forward movement of the Lord. They say no. And you're not, like, saying, well, I judge you or anything like that. You don't even have to say a word, but you feel it, and you feel the rejection. And they say, I'm done, I'm out. Leave me alone. I don't have anything to do with this anymore. They don't know that they're getting offended with the Lord. They think it's you. And you can take it very personal. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning that that was the sign of who Jesus is. He will be rejected inside of you. And I want to encourage you this morning that your life is going to reveal the thoughts of many because the Holy Spirit is residing inside of you. And when people get exposed sometimes, they don't like it. I mean, the woman at the well, she liked it. He said everything I've ever done wrong. (laughs) Come and see the man that told me everything I ever did wrong. He exposed all my sin. He's amazing. (laughs) Not everybody. Stephen said that five years ago. I haven't ever forgot. He says, come and see the man that told all my stuff and put it out on the the laundry. Come and talk to that guy because he just liberated my soul. I believe that true liberation and God does not hide. Oh, you don't have to hide anything. And if we treat you this way in God's house, we're wrong for it. We are, we take the fig leaves off, man. And let's just be real. Because the thoughts are being revealed because a sword is coming that will pierce. Listen, your own soul to soul as well. I follow you, Lord, and I say yes, but then all of a sudden I'm exposed. Well, I didn't know you felt that way about me, Lord. Please don't feel that way about me, Lord. Please don't deal with me. I I was your most loyal. I'm your most, 
I'm, I'm following you the best I can. I'm doing everything you say to do. And then yet you're cutting on me. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean? You come up close to the Lord and his holiness is there. His righteousness is there. And we don't look exactly like him. And he says, I want this. And he has to go in and get his knife out. You know, Simeon, you know that tribe? The Lord told me it's call them the health and human services tribe. Because they cut. Every time the Lord wants to come in, just let him, let him, let him open you up and cut you. So he can put and impart the engrafted word into the place where it's not been before. Listen, will you pray with me this morning? Lord, nobody likes to say this and you don't have to, but I receive your sword. I receive, I receive the cutting. I receive your cutting in, in, in me, Lord, so you can bring forth your life. Our, uh, Paul said, death is working in me, but life in you. I want, I want more of you, Lord. Oh, it's painful when I get exposed, but I want more of you. I want all the fig leaves off. I want to be exposed. I, want to, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be unreal anymore. I want to be real. I want to be vulnerable and authentic. Now I ask you to open me up, Lord. Oh, did I say that out of my mouth? Bring the sword, Lord, so that we can be like you. Bring your judgments, Lord, so that we can be like you. Impart your word into us and graft us with your word this morning. May the Lord bring this blessing upon all of us. He was broken for this, and he poured out his blood for what I proclaim to you this day. Let him take the scab off and heal the gangrene so that you can keep your whole entire limb. Let him have everything this morning. Let him have it all. Man, we give you everything, Lord. And when your enemy attacks you, and when you go through rejection, we bless. We don't curse. We bless. Stephen's singing, I just want to invite you to the uh, supper of the Lord and uh, come forward and, and then we'll take communion together this morning. Bless you as you come.
of His glory Listen, while we're, Paul admonished his congregation in Corinthians, and I want to check our hearts this morning. Before we take communion, check your heart with the Lord and your response to others and your... that we've been, as far as our conscience is, it is clear before God that we've done everything that we possibly can do to make our life right before others and and that if if we're struggling with a position in our relationships this morning and I want to give you a moment here just let the Holy Spirit if need be bring conviction and make things right with him because he said that if you partake and we don't look at this place in ourselves that can bring judgment on us, physical issues. So many of you have become sick because of that, and I, I wouldn't want that to happen to one person in here. Take a minute for the Lord. took the bread and he broke it he said this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and he said this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you in remembrance of me. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the blood. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the glory of what you did for us. Bless your name this morning. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.